0: So welcome to She Loves Herself, Navigating Grief Season, Alistair Gray.
1: Thank you, Joe. So lovely to be here with you.
0: Oh, and it's lovely to be here with you, Alistair. This is the first time you've ever been on my podcast. And I want to just honor you for coming on because you were probably one of the first people that really supported me five years ago on my own journey um of personal development and becoming a coach because I trained with Mindful Talent Coaching Academy and um, I was part of your I think I was part of one of your very first masterminds as well yeah. with your sister Lynette and um yeah we only actually met in person Ali just a few weeks ago at your home
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> which Would was pick- so cool which felt quite unbelievable having the time we've spent uh, with one another. I never knew it was our first time until you said it.
0: <laughs> no, I was like, I haven't met you. You are like, yeah, I think we have. I'm like, no, well, we haven't. We haven't. Come here, give me a hug. It was so lovely. And um, we had a really nice moment where you, Lynette, and I got together and we just chatted really openly about our journeys this year. And... um i i sort of opened up a little bit about my journey with grief and me navigating grief and i invited you um a wee while ago when i decided to put this podcast together to come on and and talk to us about grief and love and everything that you talk about so so beautifully and for me when i listened to you ali um there's a real gentleness and safety that I feel within my body that allows me to drop into my heart and in my own intuition and connect there so it, being around you and your energy is a really beautiful space so thank you for what you do.
1: Thank you Jo and uh, the, the feeling is mutual I, I still remember our first conversation five years ago when you and I were discussing the, the possibility of you training as a coach and I think now, about the conversation we had two weeks ago in my, my home, and the the depth and the difference and the evolution, if you like, of of both of us mm-hmm. in that time. and it's been just a really beautiful experience to uh, walk side by side with you on your journey as well and to witness you know the the work that you're doing, but also the the courage that you've had to to go into your own inner environment and explore you know some of the more difficult experiences with such grace as well so yeah Mm -hmm. thank you for inviting me here i feel very privileged and honored to be here with you
0: oh thank you ali this feels so (laughs) lovely already i've got some real calm energy coming through me right now and for anyone listening or watching this back like i hope that you feel that energy too it's it's really gorgeous and um I wanted to talk about grief because this is what this season is about. And we're, we have some amazing guests coming on. We're talking about their experience with grief and and their beliefs around grief and afterlife and what happens when we die and how can we connect to our loved ones. So we're willing to go as deep as we want to go with this because our listeners expect to ally. so you know, <laughs> never hold back here. You know, not everything is welcome. And I always say to people when they come onto the podcast, come in with an open heart and an open mind and some things may resonate with you some things may not but sometimes it's not until we go through and experience ourselves that we come back to it and then it lands and it's like wow I feel that deeply now yeah. Um so this this season is really set up for to support everyone um on their own individual journeys with grief because that's what it is it's an individual journey grief isn't it Ali?
1: Absolutely we we were just um Sharing that before we hit record, Joe, that uh, grief is so unique and different to every person that goes through it, and there's also no set timetable to grief uh, and and also no set of rules that determine how grief is going to unfold and emerge for an individual as well, so you know i'd I'd love for us to to talk through the experience of grief, grief, but whilst acknowledging that it's going to be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that I'd love to offer to this space is, is how that allowance for it to be different for ourselves, for the people around us is so important. You know, just giving that space for people to experience whatever they experience without any sense of judgment or any, sense that it should be one way versus another
0: yeah and you mentioned before we started recording conscious grieving so let's talk a little bit more about that what is your what's your maybe what's your experience i guess with conscious grieving ali Mm. Uh,
1: grieving such an interesting Subject, Because we often associate grieving, um, and rightly so, with the the loss of another, Mm -hmm. you know, another human being, um, uh, a loss of a parent, a sibling, a friend, um, you know, uh, but then that extends to then the loss of an animal, you know, a loss of a pet. And then it extends even further because it can also extend to the loss of a relationship. Mm-hmm. the loss of a dream uh, yeah. the loss of our health and um, our mm-hmm. well-being uh, the loss of our friendship um, so so grief although we relate it to the loss of a person most um uh, you know most consistently or or more regularly it does extend to these other areas of life that Absolutely. we all go through as well. Does that make sense, to Oh,
0: my goodness. Oh, 100%. And I've said this to people before, this, you know, we do often think of it as death and loss, which is huge. However, in relationships, marriages, and um, even identities, Ali.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, like, I, I have definitely have let go of identities that I was a attached to and over the years on my journey and the biggest one I had the 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 biggest resistance to was when I was in Bali and and it was that I think I think I believe it was that final piece that I was still holding on to that ego and there was a bit of an ego death and it felt awful during it because there was so much resistance to losing that part of my identity because so often we attach ourselves to who we think we are this is me this is how I am this is how I show up and this is what people believe about me and then when we're faced with maybe losing that part of ourselves to really step into truth um, and authenticity and that inner peace that everyone is searching for we do sometimes need to really lose and let go of and grieve maybe old identities of ourselves that we've been attached to for you know I'm 42 most of my life I was attached to certain identities not in not even in a bad way Ali it was just the thing I did just that was who I was and I didn't know any other way and so sometimes we're so scared to surrender and to the unknown and that's again with relationships as well like you know, I thought I would be with this person for the rest of my life, and then something happened and I don't feel that way, or he showed up in this way, or I showed up in that way, and what do I do now? So there's so much to grief. It's not, you know, linear at all.
1: Yeah. And 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 all of those things that you mentioned, you know, the the loss of identity or the change of identity and and that letting go can can be painful in the same way that letting go of a loved one is painful, albeit when we lose a loved one or a loved one passes over or leaves this physical you know realm. Uh, I would say that that's where grief is magnified in its most intense form um mm-hmm. uh, not always you know the loss of an identity or relationship can also be in intense, but certainly that loss of a loved one tends to bring into sharp focus and the yes. intensity of that pain that we experience is often magnified and and, and certainly intensified of during course. that during that experience as well mm-hmm. um, and and one of the things that you said there Jill which resonated so deeply was you know surrendering to that like because we don't want to you know we we're brought up in mm-hmm. a society where we're kind of taught to turn away from pain you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and even the way that our brain operates, you know, our, our brain is, you know, wired to move towards reward and away from, from threat. So naturally, we, we've we been taught uh, by society to turn away from pain. And also the mechanics of our brain, uh, uh, you know, encourages us to move away from a threat, which often a pain or a loss can feel like a threat. So we've not been taught to welcome. Pain in to be with it to allow yeah. it, uh, and and so the idea of surrendering to something that feels painful, yeah. you know, it, it almost feels count, counterintuitive to do that. So we can we we kind of turn away from it or we resist it or we fight it, and yeah. and that's especially true when it comes to you know the, the the shedding of an identity, you know, the disillusion of the ego. It's like, oh wow, this is this is painful because I've associated and identified with this experience so much. And, and now I'm, I'm being forced in many ways to, to look at this Mm. and to allow it and to, and to surrender to it. Mm. And that can be painful and scary and difficult in the same way that when emotions from grief come, we often want to turn away
0: so much and I think that with the pain you know there's a number of things that you said there that were jumping out Ali was that our brain and and we're, what we are taught is to not lean into pain it's to resist it and so we find things that stop us feeling those feelings and actually I had a some questions that came through when i said i was doing this and um from people who had said you know i've i've numbed out with grief my you know a family member passed away three years ago and i'm only feeling it now mm. and i i believe that we can bypass grief whatever that looks or feels like for us and um, I don't think we can bypass it. I think we can maybe for a short period of time or maybe for up to three years like this person, but eventually these emotions come and often they come in physical ailments in our body, they show up, Um, but the more we try and numb and resist and not feel and ignore, um, it does, I believe it comes eventually. Ali, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, and and this links back to the idea of the conscious grieving that I share with you is that, you know, when and in some cases, um, in some cases, almost compartmentalizing that grief is is a necessary means for people to survive in in certain circumstances or a necessary means for people to to function. Um, but at some stage, you know, it, it's likely that that grief will. Will will come, you know, and, and grief's really interesting. You and I talked about this. It comes in 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 waves. It's almost like a spiral where it, it will come, and and then you may think that it's passed or that it's gone, and then and then another wave comes in a, in a, in a slightly different form or in a different way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if, if grief has been postponed, if you like, or it's been um, compartmentalized for whatever reason, at some stage the 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 pain that has been suppressed or has been compartmentalized will inevitably you know come to the surface and and i I think that for us to live with an open heart like for us to really love and feel Mm -hmm. then we've got to completely embrace grief Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and and allow it and whatever timeline that is like i said the timeline is different for everyone but allow it to be embraced and also allow it time for the melancholy, for the sadness, for yeah. the pain to, to be and to come, you know, like we live in a society where uh, I shared this with you earlier, everything is so forward moving, you know, a yeah. very kind of stoic approach to, to life. It's like, okay, it's been this amount of time you should be okay. Yeah. now. But it's not how it works. It's not how it, how, how it works. You know, it, it's, it's actually what's required, I believe, anyway, and of course, a li- from a limiting perspective. But I believe that the allowing, the acceptance, yeah, the compassion, the you know the kindness to oneself as we navigate and experience like grief, is actually a healthier, more beautiful, mm-hmm. more connected way to allow this process to move as it naturally will if you give it the space and time that it needs and like i said by completely embracing grief uh, grief, we we open up our hearts we can live with an open heart which i mean the the pain that we experience through grief over time can become an ally and a friend because it opens us up to a depth of love in our heart and compassion that that we wouldn't even think is possible you know and and if there's one thing I know I know that love is stronger and more permanent than death Mm -hmm. that's a truth Mm -hmm. because it's our very nature and you know the the the, the poet Rumi uh says you have to keep breaking your heart until it opens
0: oh goosebumps (laughs) so true I can really resonate and and validate what Ali's just said there because and I think there's something where people are like I'm scared to feel this because it's so big and what I want to say is it doesn't stay with you forever that you will you may go to a level of where you are on your knees and you feel like you can't get off the floor and you may stay like that for days but what I can tell you is it doesn't stay there forever. That level and that depth, that's sometimes as low as we can feel. And then we start to, something cracks through, because it did for me. Like I, I had never felt sadness and pain the way I did when I went to Valley. And I was getting reflexology. I've shared this before, I was getting reflexology. And as she was doing it, she was an amazing healer. I felt it come as she moved through. I felt it. I was like, right, hold it together until you get back in the room. And prior to going in there, I'd been okay. And then it was like, well, here it comes. So I got into the room and that was me for three days. I couldn't, I couldn't eat. I couldn't really leave the room when I tried to. I just was crying in front of people walking past me. I'd, And that, and that was not me, right? It wasn't that I ever tried not to be that way. I just couldn't get that deep with my emotions. Now, I can, I could get with my emotions. So people might say, well, I can get with my emotions. I cry all the time. I cried. I cried. But what I'm talking about here is the deepest level of emotions where I couldn't stop crying. And I will tell you the truth. At, at points, I thought, will this stop? And that scared me. There was that this ego part that was like, oh God, you know, you need to like really try and get out now. You're like, you need to like, you've been crying for like two days, like enough. You need to like, you need to come on, shake give yourself a shake. Enough is enough. But every time I tried, I couldn't. And I couldn't eat Ali. So there was nothing in my stomach. Yeah. So there was nothing to distract me. And typically in the past, when I felt stressed, I'd be like, oh I need some chocolate or I need like I need to watch something to take my mind off it or I need wine or something that was my go-to thing couldn't do it nothing nothing it was just not it was a full-on no you're not you're going to be here in this and I did I was scared because I thought will this go away and I remember speaking to my sister saying Oh, this for three days! I can't stop Mm crying. And I remember her saying to me, "This is as low as you'll probably feel." Yeah, like this is as low as you will probably feel. And I knew, I knew it was, but there was still feeling there of, "Will this stop?" And it did, and it got easier. But every day, every day since then, I still cry. I cry maybe for just a minute or two and it's when I just like you said Ali the wave comes I could be making dinner and then I remember what's happened and I remember the this the pain and sadness of missing someone in her human form like I've said this again I see it a lot like I know that she is you know she is around me and she is you know Moved into another form,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but this 42 years of being a human misses her, and I want her here as a human, right? So, and that's okay, but do you know what, Ali? By allowing myself to fully feel all of my emotions, my heart has cracked open to depths that I didn't even know I was capable of feeling, and so this beauty that comes when we allow ourselves. To fully grieve, my heart feels love like it's never felt before. And so there is so much beauty in allowing ourselves to grieve fully, unapologetically, with, as you said, compassion and love underneath all of it. Just wanted to share that. It's
1: beautiful. And you know, picking up on what you said there, Joe, because isn't it incredible that, that, because you know, what grief is, is grief is the, the, the loss of something we love. So even in that darkest cave, that darkest experience, the love for your mum, the love for a loved one, the love for, is omnipresent in fact that darkness can only be held in the capacity of something as powerful as love Mm -hmm. and that's incredible and so when we think uh you know in that moment of what i would call the crisis stage of grief you know that that's like the, the, the the part that feels like you it can't be any more painful that even in that darkest moment The reason that you and so many others will navigate through that, Joe, is because love is still present. And it's that love that, uh, like you said, maybe the human form, either the love that you have for your mum or that someone has for someone who's passed. And then that pain is held in that container of of love. And that's, for, for me, one of the most beautiful things on my own journey has been the realization like wow love has the capacity to hold everything mm-hmm. and even in those darkest moments if we look closely enough and we get intimate enough with those dark moments and dark experiences that love emerges and then and in a form that we couldn't have even imagined and yeah. and and it's often you know when people go through that stage of grief like i said it could be almost referred to as a crisis stage etc then mm-hmm. you, you know we we come out that other side of it but the grief continues yeah and it comes and it goes and but what's beautiful is that i've studied a lot of people who went through grief and read a lot of books and worked with clients and but there's a love that emerges that i would call a soul love you know, a soul connection to, to the people that we've, you know, that, that, that have left us in this physical realm, that have passed over, that we begin feeling this deep, deep soul connection yeah. to them. And uh, we still experience the difficult emotions and feelings, the sadness, the melancholy, all of the things that continue to come. But there's also a love that's present there. And and that's why also grief for many can feel like a roller coaster because one moment you're uh, uh, thinking about those incredible moments with your mum, you're maybe even feeling that she's with you and, and 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 that's a felt sense. It's like there's an energy here with me. And you know, a lot of people talk about how they talk to their loved ones once they're 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 gone and they they, they feel even closer to them now than they they did in a physical form and and yet then the sadness comes. And so there's this love and this mm. experience of connection. And then there's a sadness and this grief. And and you know, I spoke to a client last week and and they were expressing this. And I said, And isn't it incredible that our love has a capacity to hold all of these seemingly polarizing experiences and emotions, and yet and yet we can. Yeah, like we can hold them all simultaneously. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like how we yeah. often think one can't be present without the other, so but true. but love can yeah. be present with sadness. Love can be present with, you know, and that's what grief is. Grief is one of uh, the most intense experiences of love because what are we grieving? We can only grieve that which we loved.
0: I know, so true. Oh, it is. It's um, it is those holding those emotions and having them simultaneously and something I wanted to ask you about as well and I've experienced and for anyone listening to this when I really have and I'm still you know moving through grief for sure um, it really allowed me to well shadow parts I guess of me to really come through and for me to face those parts that perhaps were attached to the person that passed you know those those moments of okay so okay here comes some shame or here comes some regret or some guilt or some stuff that comes up and I think this you know actually I got this um I got a question that came through around how do I stop feeling guilty how do I deal with with um guilt about the person that's passed and regret Mm. and so here's quite a big one right because this is around this can be around death and it can also be around relationships because whilst death happens and someone is taken from us and we have no control over that we also sometimes see people in relationships marriages and there's separation there and one person wants it and the other person doesn't and the other person is really grieving the person that's perhaps left the relationship has Full of regrets. I should have said this. I should have done this. I should have done more. Should have shown up more. And now this person's gone, and they don't want me back. This is a big thing for people, particularly that starts to come up <clears throat> towards the end of the year. A lot of I see a lot of people, Ali. I don't know about you, is right. They start to evaluate their life at the end of the year. Right now, I'm going into a new year and to clear out all this stuff and get rid of the things and the people. And now I'm off. And the people that are behind you are like, "Whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> Where are you going? Why don't you want me anymore? Do you do you know what I mean?" This Absolutely. people, right? It's like by end of year, and all of you, goodbye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and and do you know what, Joe? Because this is, I mean, this is a whole other podcast, but mm-hmm. e- even even. Um, that that guilt right that we carry and that there's often an accompaniment of of shame you know somewhere on a on a deep deeper level and that in itself can be a guide to realizing self-love and unconditional love and actually your true nature if you're able to rather than resist it push it away or even try and get rid of it which is the, the most common thing we say i want to get rid of it because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel it nice. but instead again sit with it welcome and if we look closely enough into those experiences we may find that there's a part of us that we're disapproving of that we're denying that we're rejecting that we think it's not good enough you know and, and if we begin to again inquire become intimate with those experiences then we learn that actually that guilt that we're holding or that part of us that we feel resentful of or the part of us that we feel disapproving of or the part that we've rejected or denied actually can be our guide into realizing self-love and self-healing and self-compassion and all of these things and and that's a really challenging journey to go on because the initial Reaction to that is i don't want to, I don't want to feel this anymore, mm-hmm. but until we learn that that experience is, is something that we can't just pick up and throw away, mm-hmm. and instead it's something to embrace, there's a part of us there that needs to be loved and needs to be nurtured, and even if we feel like we did something wrong or we could have said something different or we should have done something different has' been able to find forgiveness for ourselves. It's been able to find compassion. It's been able to love that part of ourselves that maybe behaved in a way or said something or did something that in hindsight and on reflection, you may have done differently, but it's embracing that part of ourselves and, and realizing that by only allowing and embracing and loving that part can we realize the wholeness of who we are. Yeah. and you know and and uh, i suppose when we think about you know the uh, i know that you and i have talked about this but the journey that we're on is souls you know like mm-hmm. our soul uh, when we we leave this physical earth returns to its uh you know its source energy if you like and that energy is only accepting and loving yeah. and 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 so You know, there's no idea of rejecting or of, uh, you know, essentially denying anything. It's accepting of everything. Mm. And so if we can go inside ourselves when we're experiencing that guilt and say, okay, what part of me am I not accepting? Mm. What part of me am I denying? What part of me am I rejecting? What part of me needs to be forgiven? and find peace that way find peace by allowing the guilt or the difficult emotions to guide us to a deeper realization within ourselves
0: oh i love that i love it um yeah it is that self-awareness and self-acceptance and then we start to you know really cultivate um our own healing i think when we we can do that often where we want the other person to say i forgive you yeah it's okay you know so that we feel better um and of course that might help but then what happens maybe next time when there's something right who do we get to make us feel better then and it is that whole saying you know when we know better we do better and often we are human and we need to forgive ourselves because for all we want to strive to be the best that we can be and cultivate unconditional love and feel all the great feelings and heal and surrender it's not easy like you said self-love self-love can be so difficult because it is really self-love is looking at those parts of ourselves that we are Holding shame around and guilt around, and 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 underneath all of it is love. All, underneath all of that is this little part of you that's screaming to just say, "Accept me, love me, hold me." You know, and no one can give that to us except ourselves. Yeah. I believe in you uh,
1: absolutely. And the beautiful thing is that the closer you get to that, uh, you describe it as a little cell. You realize that actually the true self uh, that might seem little is actually the most expansive version of who you really are. Mm-hmm. And, and that essence of who you are, like I said, is, is not just it's not something to be loved, it is love. It is acceptance. It, 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 by the very nature of our being, it is open, accepting, allowing, loving. And, and you know, going back to grief and losing someone, the difficult thing is when uh, someone passes over or we lose someone uh, when they die, is that, like you said, we've often been looking for the forgiveness from another person or we've been looking for the reassurance. And when someone passes, we can sometimes think and feel, well, that's not available now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, we're left, Uh, with regrets or we're left with this guilt or we're left with you know wondering how can I bring closure or completion to it and you know and 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 there's two things I'd like to offer is one that journey inwards to find like the truth of your nature where you realize that uh,
0: you,
1: you know everything that you've ever done or said or whatever is by the very nature of consciousness already forgiven and accepted and allowed and that the person who's past you can trust that their soul and their spirit form absolutely forgives mm-hmm. and accepts and loves you unconditionally in a way that words couldn't even describe
0: oh that's making me emotional oh Ali it's so beautiful because when the person who passes, they don't have that ego anymore. They don't have that, you know, humanness of anger and rage and, you know, all the layers of programs and conditions and identities that they have maybe carried and their character and roles that they've played no longer exists. it's just pure soul and spirit form and it's just pure love it's like you're not going to be like hey yeah by the way the, the fact that because someone actually said like i have so much guilt that i wasn't there when my mum passed away like how do i deal with that they asked the question i said you well, know that's something we can talk about and for me ali it, well, and i think just by what you've said for me it's um Oh, they're they're just pure love. It's like pure there's love. absolutely no way that they're thinking, "Oh, you weren't there, you know, or, or you didn't do that thing." Like, wow, it's, it just doesn't happen, right?
1: It, it transcends this physical body and any contamination of the mind. The mind no longer uh, exists in its form as we know it, and that individual moves into a state of oneness, which is absolute love. And that love extends to everyone and everything because that individual becomes part of the whole. And the only energy that that is, is love. And that is the energy of our universe. It's the energy of this whole experience beneath or behind or preceding all of the noise that we create in our human form and so if someone's not been with the person who's passed, rest assured that they're with them in spirit and energy and that that person loves them. And And there's not even a question of forgiveness because it's not even part of the experience. They are just in love. And so anyone that's carrying guilt or shame or, uh, you know, or, feeling any sense of regret, know that you're, you're loved more than words could even describe from the people that have passed in your life
0: mm.
1: and, and, f- and fully accepted. Mm. And, and I'm sure that encouragement would be for you to find that acceptance and that space of love within yourself and, and that this pain that we're feeling can often be the guide can realize in that
0: yeah surrendering into the pain and the emotion and allowing it to move through us so that it can transcend because we feel so much then we suppress feel a little bit suppressed feel a little bit more suppressed and it just builds up and just you have full permission you don't need it from us but if you need it take your permission slip today and <laughs> allow yourself to feel it and of course it hurts but it doesn't last forever that level it comes in waves and some are some days are more than others but uh I I wanted to ask you Ali because some people have messaged saying that they find it really hard to deal with grief like why did that happen to that person um, you know if there's a god then why does it happen it's a big question right you're like what jelly you're asking me this one
1: <laughs> what are you
0: yeah just in general like what is your thoughts on that because some people have you know lovely they go to sleep and they close their eyes and they slip away other people you know young people they face tragic deaths and so some people have that whole, there is no God, there can't be. If it is, then why does that happen to good people? What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's such an interesting, I mean, this is a whole series, I think we could do, Jill. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, the one of the most, I believe anyway, one of the most difficult forms of grief must be the loss of a child. You know, when when a child is um, uh, passed over at a young age and, 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 and it doesn't seem to make any sense, it certainly doesn't seem just or fair. And and these questions often arise from experiences like that or like you said, when a tragedy takes place. And the difficult thing is, is that we are trying to make sense of something that is impossible to make sense of from a human mind perspective. Uh, And and also that we can't see the bigger picture of events that is associated and connected to the experience. And so what we feel is we feel this deep pain and and suffering and and you we are also experience so many Uh, accompanying emotions such as anger and, like I said, a sense of injustice or unfairness. And and, and being with those experiences is incredibly difficult. You know, like I said, I can only imagine that being one of the most difficult experiences of grief is having lost a child. But there's also experiences that emerge from such incidents where love and compassion and energy is brought into our world, that without those experiences happening, then subsequent events may not have occurred. Yeah. And there are, you know, there's a, a number of different examples I could give, but you know, t- touching on uh, one that's personal to me is my close friend, you know, my best friend, Stuart Sanderman, as you know, who runs Breath Pod found breath work through grief. You know, he lost his, his girlfriend, Tiff, to, to terminal cancer, which was heartbreaking and, you know, taken at a young age. And the sense of, you know, how can that happen? We ask all these questions, why, you know? And yet, if you look at Stuart's journey since that experience, how Stuart's gone on to help. Thousands of other people, you know, and 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 not only that, but also helped other individuals going through cancer journeys. Helped, you know, other countless individuals going through grief in all forms. Then you begin to see that these lives, even though taken in human form, what appears too early a stage or too young, still carry meaning and purpose yeah. and yeah. you know on a spiritual level and this is only my own take is that you know I, I believe that we are souls who come into this experience and and we we've already agreed to the path that we're coming on and 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 you know the souls around us that we're connected to have also agreed to that part of our journey and we don't remember that in our human form, but But we come here and and we experience these things because it's a soul's journey. And when it comes to that sense of love being our innate nature and how upon the moment that we leave this earth, we return back home to that love, then that brings some sense of comfort, knowing that regardless of whether the physical person is still here, that our souls... And our love is forever intertwined through all space and time, like way beyond this lifetime. And so it doesn't make sense from a human mind perspective. It feels unjust and unfair, and it can feel so painful. And yet, I believe that when we zoom out, Um, it's all part of a bigger tapestry that allows us to awaken more love in the world and to experience more compassion and to offer our heart and open our heart to helping others and to be of service and to contribute to a more beautiful world I hope that shares some answer to
0: me. (laughs) you've got me I'm going to be going down to centre parks and but Sally, this is so beautiful. Wow. I am, um, oh, so much of that I felt deeply. And when you talked about the souls, I did um, soul work. Um, and Laura's actually coming on the podcast as well. So Amazing. Both know, Laura. <laughs> um, and before my mum passed, the year before she passed, maybe a little bit more. I realised that I had a real attachment to her without realising I did, I did. And I think as humans, we are very attached to other humans and we think that they belong to us. I remember as well, Laura saying to me, was talking about something that would impact my children, my children. (laughs) And she said, that's the thing, right? You think they belong to you they're not like they don't belong to you and I'm like what yes they're mine Laura they're my children but I did and I have to remind myself and just when you were speaking there Ali I reminded myself once again that it's this attachment that we have that we think someone belongs to us and it's this no you're supposed to be here forever and this is the way it's supposed to be but actually, when you talked about the souls, and I said this to a previous guest, I I believe that too. We have this soul agreement, soul contracts, and, and this is all decided for us before we come in. But this humanness and this human form, this human life and human way of being, what we see in the media, what we see all over is how we expect life to look. But there is a plan way beyond that. You said when you zoom out and you look in, it's like, actually, there is so much something much bigger and more powerful than we as humans can really fathom. And that's why the mind doesn't get it. And it probably never will because the mind's like, nah, don't get that. Don't get that. But if we open up our hearts and even have that little bit, if we can crack that little piece open, Ali. For me, it gives me comfort. Mm -hmm. It gives me comfort to know that my mom forgives anything that she loves me unconditionally as a soul and another soul um it gives me comfort that I don't have control <laughs> yeah. I don't have control over it like you're not that you know gel you don't have <laughs> control <laughs> so actually you know there, there's this other way of being and oh that was just so beautiful what you just shared so beautiful and just one thing I want to ask you before we wrap up mm. so someone listening to this and thinking I think sometimes we just feel that we just need that little, like I said that little spark to go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so this could give me this little bit of hope that there is light here for me how does someone that is listening to this and had maybe grief locked away or locking grief away how do they sit with grief now? How do they say, right, okay, I want to start to sit with that, but I don't want to become overwhelmed. How do I start my journey of really feeling this and and healing?
1: Yeah, beautiful. And there's a couple of things, if we've got time, that that I'd love to share. And and, um, the first one is that as we get older, Grieving unfortunately becomes more apparent and more regular because as we get older, we tend to lose more things, right? And and eventually, we're going to lose ourselves, right? And 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 that's where I feel conscious grieving is important because this is a an experience like any experience that that we can actually prepare for as we move through it. You know, rather than it just coming to us, it's a bit like death. You know, Jill, that I, I teach a lot on on the subject of death and. And I talk about preparing to die and dying before we die, and and being able to sit with some of those uncomfortable feelings, thoughts, and emotions prior to the experience coming itself, which enables us subsequently to to navigate that experience with grace, you know, and with peace and with love in our hearts, and with a, a wholeness which feels so connected. So, anyone listening to this podcast and to everyone, I would say. Death is such an avoided subject, and and certainly a lot of Western cultures, and yet in many Eastern cultures, it's a a stage of life that is celebrated and accepted and talked about. Like from the moment that you're born, you know it's just accepted that this is a natural evolution in in life and a stage that we all will encounter. So I try and open up as many people as possible to to normalising, I suppose, the experience of death and and becoming. Comfortable with it and sitting with it because it brings so much joy in life to the here and now. It allows us to be present and f- like fully appreciate everything that we have yeah. and all the experiences that we've got and 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 to to rejoice that whilst we're experiencing it in in the present. So I, I just wanted to yeah. kind of offer that to anyone that's listening. And you know, if if someone has uh, say experienced a loss and 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 now they're feeling inspired maybe now's a time to grieve and then I would say no that you also don't have to do it alone you know like for me having conversations like this one Joe and conversations with people in my life about death and grief has been immensely healing and enlightening and I hear something new each time I have a conversation like this and I take something away you know from that experience that opens up my heart a little bit more and so I would say to anyone that's maybe navigating it go easy you know don't feel like you have to rip the plaster off and experience all these intense emotions at once just allow you know simply by setting the intention to open up your heart to experience some of that grief and and to seek people in your life that can hold space for you that can Give you the compassion and the kindness and the care and the nurturing that will enable you to feel safe and and held whilst you go through that experience. Um, and and the final thing that I wanted to share is something that I feel we lack in society. That I think was certainly in some traditions was uh, something that was available is a place to grieve like you know we don't really have a temple or a place where we can go and grieve now and in certain traditions you know that was the norm you know the irish wake is an example of that uh, and i remember going to burning man festival in america for the first time in i think it was 2011 and in burning man which is a festival out in uh the desert and and they, they build a city called black rock city but one of the you know the sculptors that they build is a temple and that temple is a place where the burners, which is the name given to you know, everyone that attends, can go and, and write a letter to a loved one that may not be with them now. And uh, my God, the energy and the emotion in that space is palpable and so powerful. And I remember going there and, and grieving part of my own identity because I had to forgive parts of myself and going there and feeling accepted and feeling loved and feeling like it's okay for me to process these feelings and emotions that I have. And so we may not have temples in, in uh, you know, in our community or in our world, but can we create a space, a circle, a group where people can come and be open about their grieving process, where it isn't met with an awkwardness or a resistance from people around us, but instead is welcomed with like open arms and a loving heart and said you can come here and grieve and you can be and you're still going to leave here with my love and my compassion because I love you and you are part of me and I feel like that is something that our society would benefit from deeply uh, so I hope these things offer something to you and you're listening we oh. <laughs> I was <laughs>
0: I feel loud, like I feel you're speaking to me oh my goodness what a beautiful conversation Ali thank you for your love your wisdom your shares your voice yeah I really felt that deeply today I feel very happy emotional all all of it simultaneously so beautiful (laughs) simultaneously um and i believe that this this conversation that we've had that there are people that will feel this deeply even if not at the time this is something that they'll return to because it's something sometimes we're like yeah i'm not grieving anything right now but when we do we're like, oh, what was that? Remember, I saw something there. I heard I'm gonna go back to that. And this is why this is here. So that people can come back to this and realize that you are not alone in grief. You never will be. And it's asking for support is sometimes the hardest thing and but also the, the bravest thing to do because um it does allow your heart to open up that little bit more when we embrace that vulnerability of, you know, saying, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling this. Can you support me right now? So, Ali, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure, Jo.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you.